before we get started, let's pray, okay? So Lord God, thank you. Thank you for this day. Thank you for your love, your grace, and your mercy, Lord. Thanks for this word that you've given us, Lord, and I pray that you would give us ears to hear what your spirit has to say this morning, Lord, that it would indeed be seed that fell on good ground, Lord, yielding a hundredfold return. So Holy Spirit, come. Open our ears, open our hearts and our minds. Every word that I speak, oh Lord, that it would be your words. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. So we have a title. It's called The One Thing. One Thing. If you don't hear anything else today, One Thing should be easy to remember. It has a subtitle. Jesus is the answer. So, I don't know, but three, four weeks ago, Pastor Carl said, hey, you want to preach on the 5th? And I said, yeah, sure. And I immediately knew I'm going to preach on a Martha and Mary scripture about the one thing. I just, I just knew that. And so the Lord knows me well enough to know that I don't want to stand up here and just talk about stuff. I want to just, if I get up here, I just want to talk about whatever the Lord gives me for you today. That's it. That's all I want to do. So he knows that I have to have that confirmed. So I immediately knew it's the Martha Mary thing. We're going to talk about the one thing. And so the way I generally do my sermons or speeches is I pray about it, and then I just go sit down somewhere and I take a pad of paper, and it sort of looks like this, if you can see that. I don't know if you can or not. There's a zillion notes written all over the thing with circles and lines and arrows between it. Just kind of all the thoughts that come to me, I get them all down, and then we start to organize them. And so in order to do this, I went out on our screen porch. I think Kathy was out um, at the store or wherever she was. I was home alone. So I went on the screen porch. There's a little table there, and I took my Bible, and I just opened the Bible and set it on the screen or on the table and I scribbled all my notes down, and then I realized, oh yeah, I've got to look at Luke chapter 10. Guess where my Bible was open to? Luke chapter 10. And it's like, I literally laughed out loud. I said, that's great, Lord. <clears throat> you know me well enough to know that I need some confirmation on this. So that was confirmation, it's Luke chapter 10. So then yesterday, to make sure that I made sure, so Brian ran the men's breakfast yesterday. Hey, if you don't go to that thing, if you're free on the first Saturday of every month, you ought to go to the men's breakfast. Paid political announcement for you, Brian. So it was a good men's breakfast, um, and, and at the end of it, he really, it was about understanding what your gifts are, and, and do you understand what they are, and do you use them? How do you use them? And so in the conversation around the table I was at, that was the charge at the end, was talk to the guys around the table with you, and see if they understand their gifts, and... Um, if they're using them. So one of the guys there, um, Anthony, Anthony in this? No, I think Anthony was in the first service. So Anthony was kind enough to be used by the Lord yesterday as he sat there, because the very first thing he said was, you know what, he goes, I, I've, I've always had trouble hearing the Lord, listening and hearing, but I'm in Pastor Vic's class, which has really opened my eyes to this thing, and that's a big part of the message today, is listening and so the Lord confirmed this thing three times for me. So this is the word of the Lord. So let's see if we can hang on to this today, okay? 
So Luke chapter 10, you could pop that up, that's great. Um, 38 through 39, story of Martha and Mary. So it says, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Anybody ever run into somebody like that? Yeah, right? They're all uptight. They're trying to do everything, and they're mad at everybody because they're not doing enough to help me. So here's, <laughs> and you've got to love that she's yapping at the Lord about this. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. He's been out feeding the 5,000, doing all the stuff, right? Raising the dead, healing the sick. And yet, what does she go to him with? Tell my sister to help me. Wow, of all the things, right? So what's Jesus say? And he loves Martha, too. He says, Martha, Martha. The Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed, only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken from her. Martha and Mary. So I like to think about this thing as I could point to a few of my friends here in the church and say, oh yeah, they've got a Martha spirit about them. <laughs> I'm more like a Mary. But the truth is, we all of us, me especially, has both. We have a Martha part of us, and we have a Mary part of us. And it's interesting that in this, Mary didn't actually say anything. But Martha was really loud, kind of dominated the whole conversation. In our, and in our lives, that's true, too. The Martha piece of us is the loudest. Jesus said to her, you're distracted. Well, distracted by what? Distracted by what? Well, the preparations that had to be made. Well, did they really have to be done? Did those preparations have to be done? You don't think Jesus was capable of feeding those people or getting them drinks or whatever if he wanted to do something miraculous? Sure. But Martha took it upon herself that that, that was what had to be done. And she did it. Distracted. Jesus, worried, Jesus then said, worried and upset about many things. Do you think it was just the preparation she was worried and upset about? Probably not. I know the Martha in me has always got a zillion things going on. If Kathy and I, Kathy's my wife, by the way, of 45 years, God bless her. Anybody that would put up with me for 45 years, she's a saint. You've got to believe me. I get tired of being with me sometimes. I can't imagine what it's like for her, but she has stuck with me all these years. God bless her. So worried, upset about many things. So what kind of things is she upset about? I don't know. But I know that when I sit and talk to Kathy sometimes, I'm just, I'm thinking about a thousand things. She's like, are you at work? And I'm like, uh, apparently, because I'm thinking about some meeting that's coming up, or I'm thinking about this, or I'm thinking about that. There's a zillion things in our lives, not just me, but all of us, right? There's a lot of things that distract us and that worry us. It's an endless thing, an endless list of things to be worried 
in upset about. Endless list. But how many things are needed? One thing. Mary had it, right? One thing mattered. So an interesting natural example of this. So I've been in the insurance business for 44 years, I guess. Long time, right? And when I started out in that field, you had to have, if you wanted a career at all, if you wanted to advance, you had to have designations, and the big one you had to have was called a CPCU. Anybody know what that is? Of course not. You wouldn't. Anybody ever hear of a CPA on the accounting side, right? Certified Public Accountant? Well, in the insurance world, it was Charter, Property, and Casualty Underwriter. And how do you get there? You get there because you take 10 exams. Each of those exams, it's a 15-week study period. The exams were proctored at a college somewhere in January and June, and they were a three-hour essay exam, handwritten. So it's a lot. I mean, you had all these textbooks. You had to learn all this stuff. You had to memorize all this stuff. Tons of study. And by the way, I had a full-time job. I had a wife and kids. I had all this other stuff going on in my life, and yet I had to find time to study. So it took some real focus, right? Got to do the one thing. Got to study. So what happens? So I get all my stuff out. I gotta, I'm going to study for an hour, hour and a half. I sit down. Immediately, I think, you know what? I should clean the basement. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'll, I'll study later. Run down, clean the basement. Come back, sit down to study. You know, there's stuff in the attic that I could take to goodwill, and somebody could use that. Put the books away, go clean out the attic, and then it's wash the car, trim the hedge, change the oil in the lawnmower. There's an endless list of things to distract me from the one thing, right? So as I'm taking these exams, I prayed about it. It's like, Lord, what do I do here? I mean, I'm driving myself crazy because what would happen for me and all my comrades that were taking exams is you'd procrastinate the whole semester. You get down to the last three weeks, and now you're cramming. Everybody is grumpy and miserable and yapping at each other. We look like Martha, right? We're just grumpy about everything. And so I'm like, Lord, what do you want me to do? So it was pretty simple. I took a blank pad, put it next to my study stuff, and as soon as I sat down and the idea of the, the basement or the attic or the wash the car thing came up, I just wrote them down. End up with a really long list of things that seemed really important, but I didn't do any of them. I just stayed and studied. And it was interesting because when I got done with the exams 15 weeks later and I pick up the list, guess what? None of it mattered. None of it mattered. I did the one thing and got through it all. The list does. It draws us away from the one thing. And Mary understood that one thing, which was sit at the feet of Jesus and listen. Listening. It's a big deal, right? And we have to do that. It's interesting, I'm hearing impaired in the natural. If you know me at all, I wear hearing aids and I'm about as deaf as opposed to hearing aids help. But I have spiritual hearing. I can hear the voice of the Lord even if I can't hear Kathy telling me to take out the garbage. I don't know, somehow I just can't hear that part. Um, but, um, but I can hear the voice of the Lord. 
And so the listening thing is a big deal. So Martha and Mary are in the same house. They're in the same house here, right? But polar opposites, two approaches that result in very, very different outcomes, two approaches to life. So Martha, in all her busyness and having to do all these many things, she's stressed, she's got anxiety, she's exhausted, she's angry, she's fearful. Pastor Carl did a great three-week sermon or three-week series on fear. If you didn't hear it, listen to it. It's great. So she has all those things. What's, what's Mary got? Uh, peace, love, and joy. Hmm. So if you're like frantic all the time doing a thousand things, you have anxiety, stress, fear, doubt, worry, all that stuff. If you sit at his feet and listen, you have peace, love, and joy. Hmm. How does that translate to our overall well-being? Well, emotional, physical, spiritual health. Every study you look at, when you're stressed to the max, it affects you physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. So one thing cures that. It's not doing more. It's not self-medicating because you're so stressed out. And, and it's interesting because most of the self-medicating that we're drawn to do for the relief is simple, and it destroys us. And that's the enemy just playing that game because in the busyness of life, the enemy can play us like a fool. But if we just sit at the feet of Jesus and listen, it takes all that away. So interestingly enough, the, the uh, Martha and Mary scripture is in Luke chapter 10. But just before that, in Luke chapter 10, under the parable of the Good Samaritan, in verse 25 down through 29, if you want to pop that up, way ahead of me, thanks. Um, let's take a look at that. Talking about the one thing, stuff that really matters. So on one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. You gotta love this, right? An expert in the law is gonna test Jesus. He's been seeing all this stuff, and yet there's still something in him that's like, eh, does he really know his stuff? Let me see if I can let me see if I can catch him. So anyway, so the expert stands up to test Jesus and he says, What must I do to inherit eternal life? Gotta love Jesus because he often answers the question with a question. So he says, Well, what's written in the law? How do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus says, you've answered correctly. Do this, and you will live. So that is every part of your being focused on the Lord and loving him. That, by the way, is also comes out of, you don't have to pop it up, but it comes out of Deuteronomy uh, chapter 4, verses 5 and 6. So Jesus is just taking this principle from where the Lord put it in place way back when and bringing it up to modern day. A couple weeks ago, Pastor Carl, teaching on fear, talked about when you do Bible studies, that particular principle is called the first mentioned principle. And he talked about when, when fear was first mentioned in the Bible. I like to think of this, that one thing, as the many mentioned principle because it's it's all through the Bible that the Lord is the answer. He's always the answer. 
So it's interesting that it's in Luke 10 just before we get into the Martha and Mary thing. Can we know him? Can we really know him and really know his love for us and love him back if we're so busy, so busy that we neglect that relationship? Can we do that? I said I've been married a long time, and one of the important things in marriage is communication, right? And, And be able to talk and to hear each other. So, I don't know, we moved up here to Hyde Park six years ago, I guess. So probably four or five years ago, Kathy's, I think, down with the grandkids one weekend, and I'm home on Saturday morning, I hear a noise outside, and there's this guy, he's like my age, so he's an old guy, and he's out there and he's spraying my lawn in the bushes, and I'm like, I walk out, I'm like, are you the guy my wife hired? He goes, yeah, I'm spraying for ticks and mosquitoes and stuff, and it's like, oh, okay. So we strike up a conversation, and I've been married, you know, 40 whatever years at that point, and he's been married 39 years, and he goes, he goes, yeah, he goes, 39 years, he goes, you know what the secret is, right? And I'm like, okay, what's the secret? And he goes, you have to listen. You have to listen very carefully to what your wife says. Because then you'll hear what she's saying. But you have to listen. You have to pay attention. And it's like, wow. So how do I do that? Well, honestly. So anybody know where Manland is? That's where husbands go when wives are talking. We just kind of drift off like into never-never land, right? Kathy calls it man land. And so Kathy will have some important things she wants to talk to me about, about the kids or the grandkids or whatever. And she'll be talking like three, four, five minutes. She'll get all done. She'll go, so what do you think? And I'll go, huh? What? Am I listening? Me thinks not, right? Am I in the doghouse? Absolutely in the doghouse. And, but if I listen, if I pay attention to what she's saying, it's day and night. Because now we're communicating. I hear what she says, and we can do something together on it. <laughs> that man-land thing, the not paying attention, one of my good friends calls that our home listening skills as men, which means you're just not paying attention. And we do that with the Lord. Rather than sit and listen and pay attention, we're distracted. So the parallels between marriage in our relationship with the Lord, it's hard to miss. You want a great marriage? You're going to love on each other. You're going to listen. You're going to pay attention. You're going to draw ever closer together. You want a great relationship with the Lord? You really want to know his love? You've got to sit and listen and pay attention. It's relationship building. What's he want? He wants a living, breathing relationship with us. He tells us in John chapter 14 that the Holy Spirit, he'll send the Holy Spirit to live in us, and it will teach us all things. All things. Not just Bible stuff, not just church stuff, all things. I've made a career out of praying and trying to solve problems in the insurance business, all the weird things I've done in that business, and yet... The Lord sends me deals, he answers problems, he sends me the right people, he does all this stuff, right? He knows more about the insurance business than I do. And I'm a CPCU, says so right on my business card. Yet, I go to him because he knows more about it. He knows more about the construction business than Brian Bovey. If you've ever seen Brian Bovey's work, that dude knows a lot about the construction business. He's really good. Paid political announcement for you. 
but he's really good. But Brian prays. Why? Because the Lord knows more about the construction business than Brian does. And the Lord actually knows more about preaching and pastoring a church than Pastor Carl. And he's a Ph.D. Yeah, he's a Ph.D. in this church stuff. And yet he goes to the Lord. Why? Because the Lord will teach him all things through the voice of the Holy Spirit speaking to him. And that's all he wants is just that relationship where he can talk to us and lead us and guide us. Tuning into the Lord or tuning out. Right, that's the Martha Mary conflict we have. Henry Nouwen is one of my favorite authors. He's passed away probably in the late 90s. He was a Roman Catholic priest that really had a bead on solitude and silence in hearing the voice of the Lord in his very presence. And he really had a bead on that. It's a discipline. It, people struggle with it because they try it, and it's like, gosh, I, I, I couldn't concentrate for like three seconds, let alone three minutes or three hours. And so how do we do this? And, and I thought Nowen put it down pretty well. He had uh, kind of a, a word picture of what it's like when we first sit down and try to sit at his feet and listen. Where's our mind at? All these jumble of thoughts. And he said the picture he saw was it was like monkeys in a banana tree. So think about a whole bunch of monkeys in a banana tree. What are they doing? They're everywhere, right? And that's really what our thoughts look like when we first try to do this. So the, the, the discipline of being able to sit and listen and hear his voice, it's a discipline. I know Pastor Vicks run this class and people are getting a lot out of it. And there's other people here that can help you with that. If you're struggling with that, I don't care how long you've been saved or how long you've been walking with the Lord, if you struggle to hear his voice and to know his voice, talk to me, talk to Pastor Carl, talk to Brian or Brenda or, or Kathy, talk to somebody here that's been down that road and they can help you find that place to hear that voice. Psalm 46, you want to pop that up for me? So Psalm 46 is kind of an interesting psalm. I'll read it, it's, it's a short one, I won't be here all day. God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore we will not fear, though the earth give way, and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea. Those waters roar and foam, and the mountains quake with their surging. There's a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in an uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice. The earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see what the Lord has done, the desolations he's brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow, shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. He says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Crazy stuff going on in this psalm, right? Crazy stuff. And yet, what's the Lord's direction to us? Be still and know that I am God. That's it. You're not going to run out and solve all the problems of the world. He's in charge. Be still and know. Do the one thing. 
So focus is a big deal, right? Being focused on that one thing. And focus is important in the natural, right? So the World Series just happened, and I think there were five or six people in the U.S. that were actually watching that series since nobody cared about those teams, but I watched a little bit of it. So it's interesting to think about focus in terms of how important is that in baseball. Well, think about a pitcher. When he's up there on the mound, what's he staring at? The catcher's glove, right? That's the target. So he focuses on that, so everything he has tries to hit that target. What, ha what happens if the pitcher's there, the catcher and the batter over there, and the pitcher's looking out in the stands? You've got 20 seconds now to throw that pitch in baseball. So he waits about 18 seconds and then just kind of throws one over there. How's that going to work out? He's going to walk in like 100 runs in the first inning. Why? Because he's not focused. I pick on Brian because he's a friend of mine, and I always pick on my friends. But how about a hammer and nails? If, if you pick up a nail and a hammer and you're going to drive it in, what happens if you start looking over there and start driving it? It would be the guy with the broken fingers, right? How about a nurse? Anybody ever have blood drawn or get an IV started? Anybody? Yeah. So how would you like a nurse that comes in with a needle and she's talking to her friend in the hall rather than looking at your arm where she's going to start this? How's that going to work out for you? Not so good. So the focus thing in life in the natural is really important. How much more in the spiritual, right? The parallels, the Lord gives us these things, the natural and the spiritual, hard to miss. So the listening thing, the hearing thing, critically important. Hear his voice. Hear his voice. Know that you know you heard him. But right behind that is obeying him, doing what he tells you to do. And often that just isn't part of your plan. I live in Hyde Park. I didn't even know there was a Hyde Park in New York State, and now I live here. Why? Because we follow the Lord, and the Lord has blessed us in ways we can't even understand, because my plan was very different than the Lord's. And so as, as we're going down the road on our plan, and it's good to plan, by the way, it's not a bad thing, but understand that the Lord will use that plan to take you to a place where he'll tell you to turn right, or turn left, or stop what you're doing. Do we trust him, or do we not trust him? Will we obey him, or not obey him? Often when the Lord says, hey, sell your house and move, it's, yeah, but you don't know. So if there was a six, there's only 66 books in the Bible, right? If there were 67, it would be the book of yeah, but. Because, and it would be full of, of things people say when the Lord says, hey, do this or do that or don't do this or do that. Yeah, but you don't understand. Think about that. You're telling the Lord, he doesn't understand. Really? He created all this? He knows you? He knows every thought you ever had? He knows everything that will ever happen. And he tells you, turn left, and you're like, but Lord, do you really know what you're doing? Think about how absurd that sounds, right? But we do it. I do it too. So my admonition today is, do what he tells you to do. Listen to his voice and obey him. And you obey him in the big things and in the little things. If he tells me to stop and get flowers for my wife on the way home, I do. I do. It's not a natural thing for me, but I do. And invariably on the days he tells me to do that, 
she must have been having a bad day because now it just made her day that I brought home flowers. They're like 15 bucks over at ShopRite or something. But you know what? It was a game changer. And why? Because it was like, fine, I'll buy the flowers. It wasn't my plan. I was going to the gym. I didn't want to stop buying flowers, but I did. So it's the little things and the big things. Sell your house and move. Go live in Hyde Park. It's like, great. It turns out great. So we trust him in all these things. So I'll give you a visual. So a visual being a bicycle wheel, right? It's got a hub, spokes, rim. If you're a, if you're a serious biker, one of the most important things in your bike is having the same tension on all of your spokes, right? Because if the tension's not right, it just doesn't roll very well. And if you're doing a thousand mile bike ride, you want to make sure that rolls pretty good. And so if you think about that from a spiritual standpoint, it's Christ at the center. And it's the Holy Spirit as the rim. And all of those spokes are the different aspects of our lives. And so with Christ at the center and the Holy Spirit surrounding the spokes, it holds all the aspects of our life in perfect tension. So, you know, one spoke might be your job, another one might be school, or it might be your marriage, or it might be your kids, or it might be a fitness routine, or your budget, or whatever it is, right? So there's many aspects to our life, and how do we keep them all balanced? Stay focused on Christ. He's in the center. Well, what happens on a bicycle wheel if you take that hub and jam it to one side of the rim? What happens? All these spokes break loose. They're no longer connected. They're just flopping off. These spokes are all crunched up. These are all bent. And then we get all anxiety-stricken, stressed out. We do the Martha thing because it's like, I'm trying to do all these things and they're not working. They're not working. That's right, they're not working. Because Christ isn't in the center. So every time my spokes get out of whack, and mine do, the Lord says, hey, spend some time with me. Be still and know. Sit at my feet and listen. Do the one thing. And I find that no matter what the problem, what the question, what the situation, and I've been through a million of them in my life, Christ is the answer. He is always the answer. Seek him. Sit at his feet. Listen to him. Obey him. Trust him. He loves you more than you can possibly fathom. Let him love on you. Go sit at his feet. Let's stand. Lord, help us to sit at your feet. Help us to listen, to hear your voice, and to say, yes, Lord, whatever it is, Lord, Lord, whatever it is you call us to do or not to do, Lord, that would be yes, Lord, and we would follow you. So Holy Spirit, go and seal this word to each and every person that heard it. Touch their hearts, lead and guide, open their ears, give us ears to hear. Pour out your spirit here, Lord. Pour out your love. I pray all these things in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Thank you all. God bless.